Today, in our gospel passage, we've reached the turning point in the gospel of Mark. So let's review what happened in the first eight chapters. Jesus bursts onto the scene without much introduction. He shows up in the 11th verse or so because there's no time to wait. Mark is always using the word immediately. People are excited about Jesus' miracles that he's performing. At the same time, especially the authorities, they're not exactly excited. They're, They're shocked by the authority of his teaching. Today, immediately after Jesus heals a blind man in stages, it doesn't seem to take on the first attempt at healing. He sees a little bit, but not completely, until Jesus tries again. Jesus now more strongly starts to teach what it means to be a disciple. Moments after Peter identifies Jesus as the Messiah, Jesus begins to reveal that discipleship requires commitment and even sacrifice. That slow revelation mirrors the stages in which the blind man comes to see. So who do you say that Jesus is? If our answer doesn't affect our day-to-day living, perhaps it's time to re-examine that question of who Jesus is in our lives. As the founder of the Paulist Fathers, servant of God, Isaac Hecker said, the one who has no cross is no follower of the crucified. Lord Jesus, you suffered greatly because you loved us. Lord, have mercy. Christ Jesus, you invite us to become blessed and broken as you are. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, we long to see you face to face. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Over the years, you're probably like me. You've heard many feel-good homilies based on the first half of our gospel passage today. Jesus asks his disciples, who do you say that I am? It's a great question for each of us to reflect upon. It's an even more fantastic question to pray upon. Who do you say that I am? Now remember, if you pray with this, prayer is conversation with God. So expect Jesus to respond to what you say. Now, in RCIA, next Tuesday, not this Tuesday, but next Tuesday, we will be praying with that passage. However, we are not praying with that passage at Mass today. Why? because the church makes it clear from the other readings we've been given today to consider the later part of the passage. So I'd like to put up that quote again from Isaac Hecker. The one who has no cross is no follower of the crucified. There are a lot of different kinds of crosses that we may bear in our lives. What kind of crosses do you carry? There are the disciplines that we voluntarily take up, for example, fasting and almsgiving during Lent. Or maybe you decide to give up video games or Netflix or certain foods at certain points. And then there are the sacrifices we make that are natural consequences of choices we make. If you choose one major, you're choosing not to major in something else. If you marry one person, you are choosing to forsake all others. 
And then there are the denials that we don't choose, the illnesses that befall us, the opportunities that are denied to us by other people, and those personality quirks we have that we just can't seem to change. And then there are the crosses of unmitigated tragedy, accidents, natural disasters, the unexpected deaths of people we love. So once again, what kind of crosses do you bear in your life? Our first reaction to our crosses, whether they be small disciplines or huge tragedies, is the very human reaction of Peter. Surely we tell ourselves, suffering is a sign that we're not following God. God wants us to be happy, right? That's a human reaction of Satan talking to us. In the Old Testament, the word Satan meant an obstacle. So an obstacle to what? An obstacle to being a disciple. The crosses we bear might not even have been intended for us by God. They might have just been accidents that befall us or things we've chosen freely. But those crosses, the attitude with which we bear those crosses, that is the test of our discipleship. We must set our faces like flint, in the words of Isaiah. We must soldier on through the crosses we carry. As Isaiah says, the Lord God is my help, therefore I am not disgraced. Can we stay true to our vocation as Christian disciples, even when it's difficult? Because all crosses have the ability to bring us life in abundance. When we give up video games or Netflix, that's often because we finally have come to realize that maybe they're distracting us from more important things in life. Those personality quirks that we struggle with, well, they make us more humble and more able to relate to other people who have vulnerabilities. Those great tragedies in our lives, well, often the search for meaning in those cases is much harder and requires a lot of prayer. But let us remember, Jesus' own death on the cross seemed senseless, but it became the source of our salvation. Every Lent while I was in the seminary, I would help out at this suburban parish in Maryland with this thing called the Passion Play. It was this huge production. They had oh, I don't know, maybe 75 to 100 people involved, costuming. Uh, they brought in lighting for the church, a big sound system. It was a musical retelling of the events of Holy Thursday and Good Friday. It was powerful. Over the years, Lila, the director, had gathered and composed songs to fit the action as all these volunteers were walking out, pantomiming the life of Jesus and those around him. And as Jesus was about to be nailed to the cross, the choir would sing the first verse of a song called Face the Cross, recognizing that Jesus had known that this was his destiny. And then during the second verse, Mary would run forward and embrace Jesus just before he was elevated up on the cross as the choir sang that she too 
had to face the cross. And then at the end of the Passion Play, after Jesus' death and his body being carried away, the choir would sing the third verse to the audience. The lyrics go like this. How hard it is to look upon that dying form, to resist the urge to run for cover from the storm. But each of us is free to choose to turn away or to stay and embrace the cross. Stand and face the cross. The salvation of the world hangs in the balance. Stand and face the cross. Never turn away. Follow and obey, knowing God will make a way for you to face the cross. Face the cross. As Christ's followers, we acknowledge that there are greater things in our life than personal comfort. Other values will sometimes take precedence over wanting to be comfortable. We must face our personal crosses. Sometimes we'll understand why, and other times we won't. And in those moments, we have no choice but to cling to Jesus' promise. Whoever loses his life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will have eternal life.